Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Travis Bean, and yes, I know Chris isn't here. You're sad. Uh, there's not much to do about it right now, but I do have a special guest with me. The first guest episode we've had in our week of features where we're going to have people on talking about their first reactions to Jesus is King, Kanye's new album. We have the one and only Cole Kushner with us. With us. How are you doing today, Cole? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Cole is the host of the Dissect Podcast, and your second season covered Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. So I think you are uniquely qualified to be here. Yeah, no, definitely. And I've uh, been obviously following Kanye since the beginning. Uh, spent a lot of time thinking about Kanye, writing about his music, and uh, and just uh, riding the roller coaster that is uh, Kanye. <laughs> That's the best part of being a Kanye fan, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even when definitely. he infuriates you, you're like, man, he's doing it though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so before we jump into the album, um, I thought let's take this opportunity to just really quick overview. I, we know you're a huge Kanye fan. Yeah, you're here. We get it. But so let's say like the past year, like between yay and now, and just what has been kind of your roller coaster? What's the roller coaster been like for you with Kanye and um, have you been there with like his talking points? Have you liked the music he's been putting out? Like, how are you uh, reacting to his overall vibe? Yeah, I think, I mean, I would say after Ye- like Jesus was my favorite Kanye album. It still is. And after that, I was, uh, I would say very much, uh, I was always a fan, but I would say that album specifically made me, um, really 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 interested way more than i was before with kanye um and so since then i've really been following cl- him more closely probably than anyone else uh maybe aside from kendrick but um yeah i would say the around the the, the life of pablo is when i started to i don't know if i would say um become less of a fan, but I would say I, my perspective on how I viewed him changed after that album. And definitely in the subsequent years following that album, and especially these past year, year and a half, mm-hmm. um, I was, and I would say the, the, the best way to describe that shift is like, um, you know, I've always had a ton of empathy for him and I mean, for everyone. And that was one of the things in my season on Twisted Fantasy I was trying to really evoke was like empathy for Kanye, but also just 
and using him as kind of like a barometer on our empathetic capacity in terms of just how we view celebrity and the experiences of others. And it's, you know, it's very easy to judge people in positions of success, but like they're still human and they're still going through things. And, you know, weirdly enough, you start, you know, the transparency of his emotional states became less and less uh, masked. And I would say more and more out in the open um, kind of culminating really with uh, Ye and, you know, him expressing mental health on that album and his bipolar diagnosis and all that. But, you know, so I've, I've learned to really take like a long view on Kanye. <laughs> I really never try to like judge him in the moment. I try to judge him always after the fact and always from like a historical perspective, but also from like a, from a, like, like I just want him to be okay in the same way that I want every human to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I try to reserve judgment because I don't really understand what it's like to be in that position of influence and power. And as much as like a lot of his shenanigans, I guess you could say, or, or backlash is definitely um, his responsibility. Um, I still don't, judge those things as harshly it seems as like other people do so with all that to say like these past (laughs) year year and a half there have definitely been moments where i'm like i don't quite see the end game here or this definitely could have been expressed in a way clearer way but (laughs) kanye if if, yeah yeah. but but if if you if you're willing to take the time and i understand why some people just don't because like they're not as invested as someone like you or me but like yeah if you do take the time to understand what he's trying to say, there is definitely usually logic behind it. And I don't think his intentions are bad for the most part. Um, I do genuinely think he is trying, he's on this mission in his own head to like free people from kind of this mental slavery he views and trying to get people to think differently. Mm -hmm. And to do that, you kind of have to act differently and you have to express things differently. And so, and part of that, process is like risk so you know he's gonna miss and he's gonna stumble and he's gonna uh, you know do some things that are questionable but you know if you think if you believe that he has good intentions whether you believe or you agree with how he's going about it like that's the approach that i always try to take even when i feel like you know my intuition is to like judge or something i always Mm kind of like catch myself and say well let's see how this plays out and we could talk about it like a year from now and see like totally. where he is. Cause it's like, if you judge, sorry, I'm rambling here, but if you judge no, no. like Kanye on like, yay or no, if you judge Kanye on the Trump hat, right. Mm-hmm. And like, that's all you saw, but then you didn't really pay attention to everything that played out after that moment. It's like, yeah, you could very easily kind of paint him in this one way, but it's like, I see someone more than anything with Kanye as someone just trying to figure shit out who has a huge microphone and like arguably you know, top five influence of anyone living on the world right now. Yet he's still trying to figure out his own shit, like his own story, his own emotions. Like he's simultaneously like this figure of influence, but also just dealing with what everyone else deals with is like, how do we make it on this earth? How do we, you know, find some semblance of happiness through all the suffering that's kind of inherent with life. And like, I really see that with Kanye. Like he, I can see him suffering. Like I can see him as much as he tries to mask it and he puts on this grandiose 
kind of personality. Like beneath that, I see real suffering. And I've seen that really since his mom died. And so all that to say, like, I try to keep all that in mind with him kind of like doing his like maneuvering and shenanigans <laughs> and all this stuff. So Yeah. Uh, it's okay that you rambled because I did a 25 minute episode before it, it was literally just me talking at no, <laughs> I don't even know how I did it. Yeah. I, I guess Kanye brings it out of you. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I completely agree that with, with you on Kanye, that the reason I love him, the reason I find him so inspiring is not because I always agree with what he says. It's because of what you said. It's because he's always willing to figure it out. He's mm-hmm. willing to be vulnerable and naked and to talk through his ideas very openly you know most people you sit down for an ellen degeneres interview and all your talking points are laid out and you're not going to yeah. say anything outlandish kanye is going when kanye does an interview a talk show interview he's literally looking at the audience when he's talking <laughs> yeah he's yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. make a connection he's trying to do something more and um you know going thinking through everything you just said like I think that all leads to, you know, when you sit down to listen to Jesus is King, this has been years in the making, you know, yeah. Kanye's follow of the public, uh, him, his addictions, him falling victim to his vices, all the ups and downs. Now we have Jesus is King, which to me, he was presenting as like this moment of redemption or spiritual awakening. And, you know, to me, he sounds finally healthy when he's doing you know the interview of zane low he still sounds like crazy kanye in so many ways but like at the same time he's he's somebody at peace with himself and ready to step in a new direction and you know all that comes in when you sit down to listen to jesus is king um yeah i would say like and I, yeah i mean I, i've been very interested in this album uh you know since i i saw him start to do stuff with the sunday service and I mean, we'll see how it plays out, but I, like this very much could be like, you know, you can think of uh, his discography like a one big narrative, and it seems like <laughs> since the very beginning, like he's been, he's always talked about God, um, and you can see the way that he talks about God kind of change from you know college dropout to like Jesus or um, kind of I don't know. It's like you know, and it seems like he was always kind of trying to like reach for this and this, like this might end up being this kind of grand moment, the grand shift, the grand kind of not resolution, but like, mm-hmm. um, some kind of, you know, very crucial turning point that his whole kind of life and discography, um, was leading toward. I mean, it could be that, or it could be just like a phase. And then like Bob Dylan, he kind of goes back to what he was doing before, <laughs> but we'll how crazy see how, would that like, be if we get another Jesus? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Actually, this whole thing is reminding me of Bob Dylan when he went briefly went, you know, was born again and made I think two or three albums that were Christian albums, but then kind of ended up turning away from that years later. Sure. So again, take the long view with Kanye. <laughs> we'll enjoy it for what it is now, but I'm sure five years from now we'll have a different perspective on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, funny enough, you're talking about this kind of looking at his net career as a his disc his albums by album as a narrative. I, I just wrote a piece on Forbes about how to me, Jesus is King is kind of the culmination of like a 15 year narrative of his entire career Yeah, because yeah, yeah. college dropout is like probably his most, I don't want to say most spiritual album, but to me that's the album where you feel him most channeling God. 
yeah. songs like Jesus Walks and Never Let Me Down, like Jay Ivey's verses, is literally God speaking through him. Mm-hmm. And that is like a turning point in the album where Kanye, you know, decides to go out in the world and like do more with his music. And uh, to me, I guess I don't think I've really heard that level of spirituality and the um, the inspiration to carry out God's word since the college dropout and Jesus is King. I mean, it's in the title. Like yeah. this album is that like, it's his chance to do that again. Um, so yeah, that you was saw really, some of it. Yeah. Or, I mean, you saw some of it on life is Pablo too. Uh, life of Pablo as well. You know, ultra lightning mm-hmm. being the totally. biggest example. And if I remember correctly, that was supposed to be like the last song on that album um, mm-hmm. before it was the first. So it makes sense <laughs> that it was like that narrative was that micro narrative was like working towards kind of finding God. Yeah. Um, and when you see it, when you hear it first, of course, it's like you hear the fall from grace almost, or like, you know, you hear the contrast between what he wants to be and what he is now. But yeah, I mean, this all could be, yeah, this kind of culmination moment for his life, his yeah. discography, you know, all that. So we'll just kind of have to see how it plays out. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest difference to me between like Jesus is King and the life of Pablo is that the life of Pablo's narrative is solely, you know, it's kind of a retelling of the Paul, the apostle story. And so, I mean, obviously there, it's like a link to God, but yeah. it's, it's telling a story that I think is just, is more, you know, than God. It's about reaching God. And I think that's what getting kids, he goes for about too. That's why cutting montage ends with, you know, God, let shine your light on me. Save me, please. He, he's still not one with God. He's still looking to become part of God. And to mm-hmm. me, that's what Jesus is keen represents. Like it's finally like I'm making an album for God. Like I'm finally carrying his word and trying yeah. to inspire people through that word. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. With all get that said, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. get into it. Um, I already rambled about my first reaction, so we're just going to concentrate on Cole here. Um, yeah. So how do we walk through this? You put on the first, so- the first song, yeah. like instantly, like, what are you thinking? I mean, it's Sunday service, you know, it's literally Sunday service. So, uh, you know, you just kind of recall this whole year. Um, I thought it was, you know, one of the thoughts I had for every, it's every hour we're talking about. And, um, you know, obviously has this like very explicit gospel feel, upbeat, very joyous. It's like all the aspects of, I love gospel music, although I don't listen to it, you know, regularly, but mm-hmm. the feeling that I get when I listen to it is like really warm and like that's why I like Chance's music. You know, I know I understand some people are off put by that, but it's like mm-hmm. I always get a great feeling when it's just like positive energy, major tonality, um, just like beautiful singers, just like wailing. I just love that sound. So, you know, every hour is very much that. Um, and I always thought it was, it was very Kanye that he wasn't even on his opening song. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of a theme. Uh, yeah, he's barely on Ultralight Beam. Yeah. <laughs> so you know it just kind of sets the tone in terms of like what this how he's going to be laying this out you know you can think metaphorically and him not being on the song is because like you know this album is is not his it's god's or whatever but um mm-hmm. i don't know if you like thought that. about it that way but you know I, it was very appropriate to the build-up of this album to kind of basically just feature a sunday service track as the opener uh, i thought was definitely indicative of the moment 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I, I'm glad you're on this show, by the way, because you you know all about production and everything. You know, that's a big feature of your show. Um, and I'm just kind of, I'm more, to me, whenever I think about the production or the sonic, you know, the soundscape of an album, I'm thinking more of like how it fits into the narrative. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering how you feel then about the transition between every hour to Salah, because like you said, every hour is very open. Uh, it's a choir. It, it feels like you're in church. Mm-hmm. And then Salah, like... It's a Kanye song. <laughs> yeah, there's sense. There's like, it, it, like, w- what is your reaction to that? Yeah, I mean, that was one of my favorite production, at least production speaking. Like, I have my note. I took just like very, very little notes as mm-hmm. I was listening the first time, and one of my notes is production is amazing. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, it starts with this organ, which is you know obviously very reminiscent of the church. There's no drums. There's not a lot of drums in this album, but the way that he uses rhythm within the instruments. Like for instance, I don't think there's, I could be wrong, but I don't think there's drums on every hour, but it has this really great bounce. And I think it's a piano that's carrying that bounce primarily and mm-hmm. the gospel, but it's like, or the, uh, the choir. Um, and at least the law doesn't start with drums. I can't re- recall the, the full, the full song, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I would say overall, one of my notes is like the production on this album is really good. Um, more than the song structure, the more than the lyricism, the production. And maybe this is just the way that I, I listened to production first mm-hmm. and lyrics second, but I was definitely impressed with the production. And um, in a comparison to Ye, which I feel like is definitely unpolished, this feel, felt more polished. And I'm glad that you took... I know it sucks to wait an extra month, but I'm glad he did that because uh, it sounds way more <laughs> together and cohesive and full than at least in comparison to Ye. Uh, so I was glad to hear that sound was kind of back. Um, and Salah, I think, is a great example of that. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Salah was a, that was the baner. That's like, that's what got people going at the Chicago listening party. Like, oh, it did. Yeah. I yeah see people that. were moving around in waves. Like, holy shit. Like, are you hearing this? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. And coming into this project, I kind of had a feeling, I mean, this is, I mean, he's always flirted with gospel influences and church influences in his production, but like to, to create an album with that in mind, I just knew this could be something special just because, you know, his sound is very, um, it's, it, it converts well to this, this kind of gospel sound mm. mixed with his samples, mixed with his drums. Like it just, that's what kind of classic Kanye production was built on. Um, and to incorporate like these choirs and stuff, it just really adds like a really harmonious element that, to me, yeah, again, it just makes you feel really good. Mm. Talking about feeling good, Follow God, the next track, had me dancing in my apartment as I listened to it. How about you? Yeah, a lot <laughs> of these songs I was like, I put on my, I put, I listened on my like studio monitors 
and a lot of these songs had me definitely nodding really hard. This was oh, yeah. Follow God was, you know, starts out with a very classic Kanye sample, which the sample says stretch my hands to you, which was really <laughs> reminiscent of father stretch my hands. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's the same sample. I'll have to look it up, but oh, um, yeah. yeah, I thought the message was really interesting too. I had some notes. Uh, one of the lyrics is wrestling with God. I don't really want to wrestle, which I'm deep into season five dissect, which is on Kendrick Lamar's <laughs> dam. And there's a lot of biblical references. And this one really, this, this line in, in follow God really stood out. Cause, um, I learned about, uh, the story or the meaning behind the word Israel or the name Israel is, uh, which obviously plays a key role in the Bible, um, means, uh, the one who wrestles with God. So like, mm-hmm. uh, there's this like implicit, um, I guess understanding that, um, or at least in my interpretation of of that is like there's an implicit battle one has with God. Um, totally. Even if you're 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 of faith, you know you're going to be tested and and your faith is going to be challenged, and you're you're always kind of wrestling with God to kind of figure out His intentions. If you are a believer, uh, you know figure out why things are happening to you. Why would God allow certain things to happen? And kind of always wrestling with that and wrestling with your faith. That line really stuck out to me in that way. Um, Same with the yelling at my dad. He said, it ain't Christ. Like (laughs) it's like throughout this whole album, there's just like, he's, you know, he's, he's talking God. He's, he's spreading what his, you know, his interpretation of the word of God is, but he does it in a very, very, very Kanye esque style like he there's all these puns and jokes yeah. and clever like dual meanings that are playing off of biblical stories or biblical names or you know um i don't know i just thought that was a funny i think that's like the refrain in the song is that yelling at my dad he said it ain't christ-like yeah and he has that thing at the end where he like explains the story of him battling with his arguing with his dad and his dad kind of getting the final word with <laughs> with saying that ain't christ-like and like kind of using his religion against him but yeah yeah i i think you're totally right i mean this wouldn't be a conversation between dissect and watching the throne if we weren't talking about the story on a kanye album yeah and obviously we're not going to know immediately from like one listen but um from what i gathered on that first listen and i think you're kind of hinting at it you know the first half of the album in my eyes is kind of kanye wrestling with god and I guess wrestling with his um, commitment to God and mm. becoming in his mind, you know, the right kind of Christian, somebody who lives by God's word properly. Um, and we'll talk about the second half of the album later, but to me, like the second half kind of becomes like, you know, after you found your place with God, like how do you then fit into society? Mm. Um, but here at least I, I think you're totally right. And I think making it a very micro situation with his dad, uh, it feels very much in the moment with Connie and um, kind of like, you know, like wouldn't leave or something <laughs> like yeah. him and his wife arguing and shit. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what song it's on, but later on the album, he says like something about like Christians were like the first ones to oh, yeah. judge him. So I could see that, you know, I didn't think about that. I didn't really think narratively at all in this first listen. And so for sure, like, but I can see that uh, being kind of a larger theme here of him welcoming this aspect into his life and then having to deal with how he, you know, fit, yeah, fits into society, uh, after Mm -hmm. kind of wanting to bring this in. 
you saw the like in his real life and that that clip that came out with him and Kim talking and he was saying like I don't want you to wear sexy clothes anymore and then she was like <laughs> nah like you know I'm not on that wave right now so you can't really like judge me in that way so I can see that being like a battle that he's trying to yeah yeah overcome. I think that came through in the Zane Lone interview like you know he's asking people in the studio not to smoke and not have premarital yeah. sex like he's as he said he's kind of like in the early stages of it all and figuring it out yeah it's, I, I feel like it's very much that you know it's like he's definitely i don't know that just seems so cliche when i heard him say that like <laughs> really like that's what it's about for you like i don't know like it right. seems like modern like modern takes on i don't know i everyone has their own belief system so i'm not really you know i don't know exactly what's right or what's wrong or you know i kind of everyone kind of decides for their mm-hmm. own but that just seemed that struck me as very traditional which you know for kanye seems a little left field yeah, and I think the next song, Closed on Sunday, gets into that a bit. Is that the song with... God, no. This is the problem with doing a first reactions episode. Yeah. I don't remember all the lyrics. <laughs> um, this I, is the one he, that he says, like, Closed on Sunday, Chick-fil-A, which I was Oh, yeah. That was... Laughing, uh, like, so Kanye. <laughs> such a Kanye line. I think at... Um, was it at the Chicago show? I don't even remember. Or maybe I read it in a tweet. God, I'm conflating them now. But <laughs> I guess at one of the listening parties... Somebody, he started, he was like, oh, this song's called Close on Sunday. And somebody screamed, this is the Chick-fil-A song. And kind of pointed at me, he's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this one, this song is amazing to me. Go for it. Yeah, I just, uh, I had production notes here. Just It was like the first kind of dark uh, minor key song. No drums. Um, or if there was drums, they don't come until later. I, I can't remember, but... Um, yeah, just production-wise, this was like a shift, which kind of went with a shift on, um, as we're kind of talking about, like one of the lines is not living for the culture, uh, we're no longer mm-hmm. slaves. Um, and then like at some point he says, my life is no longer my own. Um, and you can kind of like feel this struggle for him to like kind of letting go, um, letting go of, of trying to control his own life, which I know he touched on. And I haven't listened to the Zane, Zane Lola interview fully yet, but I did listen to some of the big boy interview this morning, but he did talk about having to let go of his trying to control things and handing that over to God. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting. And that's that theme kind of shows up on closed on Sunday. Yeah. Um, you, you noted something I, I wanted to get into you know, we were talking about later on the album, he, he seems to be very angry with the world. You know, he kind of goes after Christians that have tried to decry him. Uh, for an album called Jesus is King, for an album that is, you know, in quotes, a gospel album, it's kind of a dark album. And mm. you're noting this, this song's in minor key, and there's a lot of synths. Like, w- what's your take on that, that, you know, I expected it to sound like Ultra Light Beam. <laughs> in a lot of ways, it sounds like Jesus to me. Yeah, I mean, I think there was definitely bright moments, but yeah, overall, it's definitely not like the tone set on every hour does definitely doesn't play through the entire album. Um, and it's interesting that he did announce that Christmas album, and I assume <laughs> I assume that album is going to be if it comes out. I'm not falling for it, um, but if it does come out, I assume that that's going to be the more traditional I would think gospel so. album with, you know, just worship music, bright, um, 
the stuff something you would expect from someone calling an album jesus is king like <laughs> this is very much you know uh christ through kanye's lens you know which i think is good i don't mm-hmm. i yeah. think his personal expression of whatever he's going through is going to be the most successful or expressive um and so i'm glad that he didn't really try to like create some sound that he thought was in the tradition of church music or something, you know, some cliched uh, version of rap. Um, I'm glad he let his personality through. I'm glad he was still honest with, you know, a lot of this stuff. Like, even though this is an album for and about God, it's like Kanye's still the main subject. (laughs) Like, maybe not towards towards the end, it gets more traditional, but like, you know, it's very much him still struggling with, um, certain things now religion being one of them or i don't even know i don't think it's really should be even refer to it as religion it seems he's just following the gospel um yeah but yeah i mean I, you know all that to say i guess like i'm glad that he stayed true to his own production like instincts and his own lyrical instincts because uh, that's for me at least like that's what's going to make the best most expressive most honest project for kanye you know mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with all that and feel like I said some version of it on my solo up. So I'm going to stop dragging out this sure. episode. <laughs> uh, let's move on to on God. What do you think? Yeah. This one, if I'm recalling was like one of my favorite. Um, yeah. There's oh, yeah. drums throughout this one that I wrote drums down on my notes just because like there's such a <laughs> lack of drums when drums came in right away. I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, and it has the, the crazy synth arpeggios. Yeah. This song's dope um yeah this one felt like kind of like thematically lyrically it felt kind of like a, a autobiography um because he kind of starts mm-hmm. back talks about his like early life early music in a very kind of almost like a journal entry way kind of laying out his stresses um he cites the 13th amendment on this song which will come up again in a later song um which I, and he says 13th amendment got to end that's on me uh, i thought that was pretty interesting um maybe alluding to like kim kardashian's uh kind of new mm-hmm. uh journey through the legal system one really funny line that i wrote down was uh it's, it's so kanye uh thought the book of job was a job just <laughs> it's like Classic. so kanye yeah um <laughs> so that one made me laugh but yeah this one was was my at least on first listen it was a, definitely a standout track on track for me i feel like that happens if every time i listen to a kanye album like i have a new favorite every time i listen to it Um, yeah first listens are rough for that because it's like yeah what strikes you kind of viscerally doesn't always strike you a couple weeks later as hard as something you're able to wrap your head around a little bit better after multiple listens jordan and chris will hold me to this it's on record uh the first time i listened through i was kind of underwhelmed by salah and now mm. I feel like I committed a terrible sin. No, I do. I do that a lot with albums. Actually, like, I'll be, I'll be. Some of my favorite songs, I'm just like, uh, on first listen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think that's natural because it's like, I was actually, I've learned to love that feeling, especially with somebody like I trust, mm-hmm. like Kanye, where it's like, it always it doesn't always pay off, but most I would say more than more often than not, it does. So like. Mm-hmm. I like that uncomfortable first listen that feeling that you get sometimes <laughs> with certain songs or even full albums, you know? Yeah. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Totally, totally. I, I talked about this in my episode, but I was very uncomfortable in my first listen because, and you maybe you can relate to this, I study Kanye so much and I, and I feel like I know his music so well that when I go in, I'm kind of in scholar mode. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. I'm gonna understand this album the first time. Like, fuck you, Kanye. But <laughs> there's no way it's happening. Like, no. I'm always a little bit behind. So the second time through, I'm like, oh, Salah's like a fucking banner. Like, duh. Yeah, yeah. All right, everything yeah. we need <laughs> was everything you needed, Cole. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I didn't have much. I had notes on this. Only There's not I much had. going on. Yeah, I can't even remember what it sounds like right now off the top of my head. The only the only note. <laughs> that I had is what if Eve made apple juice and then I have LOL. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the beauty of County. He's making you laugh while you're experiencing a great album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to be honest, I can't re- recall. I need to listen to this song more because I, I didn't have much notes on it. Okay. Um, listen to the Watching the Throne episode for it then. Uh, let's yeah. move on to Water, which to me is a classic. Yeah, this, I bet, I, 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 I I think I had the same experience you had with Salah on water because mm. I feel like there's a buildup for this song because it's the one that we've heard kind of the most of sure. and the most about. Um, but I think I'm going to need to listen to it a few more times. I, there was definitely, I mean, I liked it, but it wasn't like a, a huge standout yet for me. Mm. I like the, um, I put down St- Stevie wonder music vibes totally. kind of has this really seventies kind of, uh, I'll have to study the chords, but the chords were just reminded me of Stevie Wonder, something Stevie Wonder would do. Um, it was interesting too that there's like this litany at the end, and I only know about litanies because of um, Kendrick Lamar. But <laughs> a litany is like this old kind of—I uh, don't know if you'd call it poetic form, but like um, literary form—that uh, starts with. It's like basically whenever anyone like. Uh, says starts each line with a certain word or repetitive phrase. Like if you're familiar mm-hmm. with um, "Feel" by Kendrick Lamar, you know every line of that song s- starts with "I feel like," and it's "I feel like this," "I feel like this," "I feel like this," "I feel like this." Um, and Femi, my co-writer, pointed out in the season that that's like a that began in the church, and there's these things called holy litanies. Um, and Kanye actually employs this litany uh, literary device at the end where everything is Jesus blank Jesus blank G- you know, every line of right. his verse starts with the word Jesus is this um, so that, I thought that was pretty interesting uh, because it is kind of a traditional form uh, in the church um, but yeah I, I think this this song I need to listen to more to really understand I'm curious to hear why you feel like it's a classic yeah, I just love the way, I guess, it moves. Like, that's what I love about a lot of these songs is, I think on the first listen, I was like, oh, like some of the songs, like they don't really change much. Like there's kind of just yeah. like one sound and there's not much going on. And to me, water, the way it ebbs and flows is kind of amazing. Like kind of like. Is it is it water-like? 
<laughs> I wasn't even thinking of that. Um, it, like, not that I'm comparing it to Runaway because the song's two minutes and 48 seconds long. Like, it's not yeah. Runaway. Um, but it kind of moves in that way. Like, it has so many parts and so many things. Like, I feel like I could pick out. Like, when Kanye comes in, I'm like, oh, oh fuck, this is like a different song now. And I'm, I'm playing catch up. Um, uh-huh. I, and I just love the way it sounded and everything. So. I was really surprised it was so short though, because I'm pretty sure at Sunday service, it was like this big kind of epic thing they did. So curious. Yeah. That's what like, that's definitely one note I have generally speaking, like, I guess he did it on yay a little bit, but these saw all the songs are way short. Like there's only two songs, either one or two songs that are over three minutes and 30 seconds, but the majority of them are two minutes, two minutes to 30 seconds. Um, so that was definitely something that caught my attention because at least on first listen, I just, I don't know if that, cause I get that's like what people are doing now in the streaming area. It's like all about short songs, mm-hmm. but with Kanye, I just don't, and this may be my own personal expectations of what, you know, I want his music to be, which is not, <laughs> a, not a great way to think honestly, but right. like, for his production style, I just don't know if it's suited for short songs. Like, mm-hmm. There's so much that he's capable of doing and he knows how to elongate songs so well. I think that's one of his superpowers is developing a song mm-hmm. into a five minute, seven minute masterpiece. Uh, Runaway is like a perfect example of taking nothing and making it, you know, one of the best songs ever made. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. I just was kind of caught off guard by the brevity of most of the songs. But again, I'm only one listen in, and so maybe I just need to kind of get acclimated to this format. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. And, and kind of like I was saying, I think maybe I've just gone because I, you know, look at Kanye's music so much, and because on the show we'll spend an hour and a half talking about a song that's two minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Like to me, a lot of his songs do have the movement of Runaway, just like they're not as long. Yeah. <laughs> so. I don't know. It's it's always a it's always a strange process of Kanye, but um, anyway, God is. Let's talk about it. Yeah, another classic Kanye sample. Um, kind of singing in this high register. Oh yeah, with no auto tune, which I thought was I liked actually. And then the most like, bare he's ever been, probably. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like it definitely up there with one of the more like. A, expressive and emotive songs, especially towards the end. He kind of lets his voice get really scratchy, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was on first listen, at least like very powerful. Um, yeah. He has like this weird ability to sing badly, but enjoyably <laughs> like, like it's technically he's not a good singer at all. He's not good whatsoever, to be honest, from a traditional <laughs> musical aspects, but he knows melody and I think most importantly, he knows, you know, he could get it better if he wants, I'm sure, but he knows the power of like raw emotion. And I think that was definitely displayed here on God is, um, cause it was very moving despite it being like technically not great, you know? Um, and he's done that on a number of songs, but I feel like it was definitely laid out ba- more bare than a lot of his stuff before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. It's a strange one. Um, and then hands on. Oh God, hands on. Cole, you better like this one. Hands on. Let me see. I'm trying. I'm trying to. Look. It's really hard. You can to listen to it a little if you straight. want. 
been working here for my whole life. Yeah, I just have song lyrics here. How, do you, can you remind me of the production? Uh, yeah. Can I play it? Oh yeah, yeah. If you can play it here, let's see if you can. Uh, hopefully, you can hear it on my there end. You go. Can you hear this? Okay. Yeah. 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 No, this one definitely. I like this one a lot. And I don't think it has drums. Maybe drums at the end, but um, or no, drums coming at the end at the ne- on the next song. So this one might have no drums at all. But yeah, no, I like that. This one definitely felt very confessional. Um, I know he says somebody. He says at some point somebody pray for me. Um, and saying like he felt like nobody loves me actually reminded me of Kendrick Lamar again the song feel where he's the basically the refrain is uh, ain't nobody praying for me it was like you know feel is all about Kendrick's like isolation and feeling like no one's you know he's praying for the whole world but no one's praying for him I feel like a lot of this album for Kanye is in his own Kanye way feeling like no one's on his side um, and that he's trying to do like God's work or the world's work or contribute to humanity in this grandiose way. And yet he only gets, you know, backlash for the Trump hat and his kind of frustration with that, his perception of the world. And then finally we have the song that everybody had been waiting for the clips reunion. Use this gospel. What did you think of this? Yeah, it was, this was definitely like the standout song for me. Um, I don't know if that's because it came at the end, but this was my favorite on first listen. Plus I just love like Pusha T is like my favorite rapper. So to hear him on this was great to hear Malice come in was amazing. And then like, if you listen to the production, when Malice comes in, it's like this, they, I don't know what they do. I need to figure it out, but the, the choir, is either turned up or there's more voices because there's a choir all the way through. But when Malice comes in, I think they drop everything but the the choir and like they really let that just, it's like this super intense, emotional, powerful moment when he comes in and raps. Uh, that was like one of my favorite moments on the entire album. And then like the drums come in at the end and it's like super impactful, mostly because it's like there's very little drums, traditional drums. Um, throughout the entire album so then to like have this build up to hear clips like reunited on this song and then like those drums come in it's like it's just very rewarding moment totally yeah um and then finally jesus is lord do do you have notes on this one i just saw uh i have french horn section (laughs) that would (laughs) that's what caught me it was like i'm pretty sure it's like all it starts out with just French horns, but I think other horns come in. Uh, but I thought that was really cool, actually. I was wondering how he came up with that or who wrote that hmm. or if it's sampled, but it doesn't sound sampled. So I need to research a little bit on what's going on there. Now, Cole, you would know this better than most. Are French horns typically used on hip-hop songs? No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. And they don't they didn't sound like uh, fake French horns, which when French horn is used on hip hop, it's always synthetic, uh, but these sound like real French horns. So who knows? Maybe Kanye plays French horn. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually one of the hardest instruments to play. So I, I doubt always, it. <laughs> I, I played trombone in junior high. I always did feel sorry for the kids on French horn more than anything though. Cause there were only two of them and it seemed kind of like the lame instrument. But now that you're saying it, it seems like it's one of the harder ones. It's hard. It's super limited on what you can do. 
Uh, I don't know why anyone chooses to play that <laughs> instrument. I'm pretty sure everyone gets forced to play that instrument. Um, I just don't see the incentive. It's a beautiful instrument, but it's just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the spit you have to, you know, you know all about the spit. You know, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> it's yeah. like, <laughs> I, I'd love to get, uh, Andrew White and Nicole Nichols, uh, the two people that played French horn at my junior high orchestra and get them in here and see if they're still, they're still on it. Still playing for, uh, for their passion. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, I gave maybe. up on trombone. Yeah. Most people do. <laughs> it's like, it's not a very self-sufficient instrument you know you have to like be playing with people to make i I feel like you have to be playing with people all the time to make it feel like i don't know it's not something you just it's not like a guitar piano where you can actually Mm -hmm. like play songs or make up your own songs it's like uh, yeah do you mean a trombone what's up were you talking about a a trombone or any horn instrument oh any horn instrument sure sure yeah yeah i will say though trombones get you jacked because you're like moving your arms so much my forearms were ripped yeah (laughs) i can see that um okay so that's every song um overall cole like like what's your overall impression of it yeah i think i mean i liked it i really liked it i definitely like it more than yay i I liked yay but i think it was um it's not something that I return to a lot. Mm-hmm. I definitely listen to like Pablo more than Ye. Uh, I was really fearing that because this was so close to Ye release wise, I think it's been just over a year or something um, that he kind of rushed this one. I was really worried that it was going to be another kind of sloppy project, but I didn't get that impression, at least on first listen. The production I felt like was really, really solid. The sonic quality um, was really good. And I think, definitely far superior to yay just in terms of just sound quality mm-hmm. um mix it the mixes were better no offense to whoever mixed yay but it was like that was definitely rushed because they were doing it mm-hmm. like literally right before the party yeah um so you know i just was all in all i'm glad that he took the extra time that he needed um i'm definitely going to need to like get used to the shorter song <laughs> from him um and see if i can get used to that but I would say I was had very little expectations just because I don't know where Kanye's at mentally. I, he's got a lot going on. I don't know how dedicated he is to music, but it seems clear that this album at least was, he spent a lot of time on it. Um, and I'm just, you know, more than anything after one listen, I'm just kind of antsy to listen to it again and again and kind of, start to extract some of the deeper meanings and messages, but also like some, some of the more production. Um, Cause it was definitely very impressive on first listen, but now I just need to go and like kind of pick apart what he's doing and formulate some more thoughts. So um, I'll be doing just a kind of plug myself mm-hmm. if yeah. you don't mind, but I'll be, I'll do, I'm going to be doing a, um, not a first reaction, but a more methodical, analysis and conversation about it later on next week um on dissect feed so if you're interested in hearing me talk more about it with my co-writer femi i think we're going to do an episode on it and femi is um i don't know how you describe him he's uh he's christian he knows more about the bible biblical history 
than anyone I've ever talked to. He's a really, really smart guy. And I'm really like, I think we're going to have a great conversation about it because he's going to come from a very religious perspective about it. And I think he's going to have some insights that uh, I certainly won't have. So um, I'm looking forward to that conversation. So if anyone wants to check that out, it'll be up later next week on the Dissect podcast feed. Yeah, I'll be downloading that shit for sure. It feels weird to say shit now. Like, I feel like I shouldn't curse it. <laughs> yeah. I think Kanye converted me. Yeah. Um, he did cuss in the big boy interview that I, oh, really? that I heard. Yeah, he said, mm. um, I think he said bitches, like something about your bitches on Instagram or something. And then he's, and then he said something like my, uh, his, uh, stock in God or something just fell or, or something. <laughs> so he made some joke about it, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting few months or a few years and see where this kind of, uh, yeah, this new Christian thing takes Kanye. Totally. I'm excited. Um, and thanks so much Cole for coming on here. We know you don't have to do this, but you know, I guess if you're going to talk about Jesus is King, this is the show to do it. So uh, no, for sure. Yeah. You're welcome to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, until next time, keep it wavy or yeah, stay yeah. loopy or whatever we say. You got to come up with a new one now. That's <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Keep um, it holy. <laughs> keep it holy. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.